Happy New Year, JD Tribe. I've got a question for you. Have you wanted to pull cards for a sacred New Year projection and ritual, but don't know how? This is exactly the kind of bonus content that you will see in the JD Self-Care Collective online membership, along with tons of other amazing content such as yoga, meditation, visualizations, worksheets, journaling, coaching calls, a bonus podcast episode, exclusive discounts, astrology forecasts, monthly mood music, and more. All in the community of nearly 40 like-minded women and rising. Find us at thejournaldeck.com forward slash self-care collective for just $15 a month and no contract required. Now, on to the show. Hey, JD Tribe, and welcome to another episode of the Self-Care Spotlight brought to you by The Journal Deck, a 52-card deck where journal prompts meet oracle cards to bridge inspiration with action to help you live your best life full of self-care and living your truth, which is now available to shop at thejournaldeck.com. I am your host and founder, Alyssa Cousins, and today we have Taylor Lou Dixon. She is a mindset and business coach for female solopreneurs. She is just as likely to be found buried in a book as she is throwing a party. And after three years of running a successful social media agency, she decided to help other women follow their dreams and design a life of purpose and prosperity through experiential coaching. She's best known for her beautiful fiery red hair and her love of sunflowers. She excels at helping ambitious millennial women find the fire and flow in their life and business. She's currently living the dream in Atlanta, Georgia with her fluffy four and a half pound dog and a cuddly 18 pound cat. And with that, I welcome Taylor to the podcast. Hey, Alyssa. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I I love your bio. I think it's so cute. <laughs> I always get a big kick out of people's reactions to the fact that my dog is significantly smaller than my cat. Yeah, I mean, that's a big cat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's honestly, like, he's not that overweight. He's just thick. Like, he's muscular. And oh. then my dog is, like, the tiniest little white fluffy dog in the world. So the two of them together are the funniest thing ever. So it's the classic, like, I'm not fat, I'm just big boned, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's what I tell him all the time to make him feel better about himself. That's so cute. And I love that you love sunflowers, just like yes. me. I do. I just feel like they're the perfect flower to represent my brand and just who I am. They're just so cheerful and happy and big and bright and beautiful, so... I'm definitely a sunflower obsessed. Yeah, you're a sunflower girl, just like me. Yeah. So, um, well, I actually, I have a tattoo of one, too. Really? <laughs> a small one, but yeah, I do. I love them. I got it when I was 18. I love their meaning. Wow. Yeah, because they, they look to the sun. No matter what, like, no matter how gray the sky is, they can always track the sun. They're like a sundial. No matter where, no matter how gray the sky is, like, they can find the sun. And I think that's a beautiful metaphor for life. So I got a tattoo of it when I was 18. Yeah, I I actually did know that. And definitely part of the reason why I love them, too, because I feel like I've always been that way in my life, too, just naturally. 
I've always been drawn towards the light. And it sounds mm-hmm. like maybe that's something that you experienced yeah. as well. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Yeah, fellow sunflower sisters. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so let's jump right in. I want to like kind of pull something. Oh, actually, er, I'm going to backtrack. Context. How do I know Taylor? Okay, guys, um, this is actually really cool. So Taylor knew my friend somewhat. um, She knew my friend Emily because – Taylor, you went to Emily's event, correct? Yes, I did. We were actually connected via Facebook before that. We had a brief call before that, and then I got to meet her in person at her event in Charleston. Right. So Emily was also on my podcast. That's my good friend, Emily Castle. And um, she's early on in the podcast. She might be like episode two or, or something or another. Her episode's called Tuning Into You. I'll put it in the show notes. And so they kind of knew each other, and then... Somehow or another, on Instagram, someone, uh, you know, amazing, someone that I don't know, I only know from Instagram, tagged the journal deck in a post that Taylor put up that she was looking for, like, really mindful gifts to give to coaching clients and I you know obviously saw the tag and I was like hey that that sounds amazing thanks for the tag and again a random woman did that so thank you if you're listening to this that was really appreciated (laughs) and then I connected with Taylor and bada bing bada boom and we you know got some decks for Taylor to have and use with her clients and yeah that was just an amazing social media connection it really speaks to the power of social media and I so appreciated you know how Taylor said like I want to support women doing you know something that they're really passionate about and having a product and not just buying like random things or going to a big box store and buying things like really buying intentional gifts um, which you know with especially with like the holiday seasons coming up it's like buying intentional gifts and shopping mindfully and shopping small I think is something now that's so much more important to me being a small business owner and so thank you for that Taylor yeah of course I was so excited to connect with you and when the journal deck came in I was so excited and I've been literally sharing them with everyone and I can't wait my so my current group program that's going through right now it's called dream catcher and these are actually most of them are for their goodie bags at the end of the program. Mm-hmm. So they haven't got them yet. So yeah. I'm really excited to see their reactions. And I've actually already pulled some of the cards as um, journal prompts for our program. So yay! I'm really excited to be connected with you and get to have some of the journal deck. Really, And I'm so, I'm so inspired by you to have that idea and to follow through with it because I think so many people I come in contact with, they might have this great product idea or service idea, and then fear comes along and just totally stops them in their tracks. So it's really nice to talk to people who, you know, just pushed past that and just did the thing. So congrats to you for that. Thank you. Yeah, you're. Yeah, you're right. It does typically. Oh, trust me, there was fear. <laughs> to be you have to get to the point where you kind of just make fear your friend yep you use it to tell you different things about 
life and about yourself and you know that it's going to be there but you've got to take action anyways absolutely i'm a firm believer in exactly what you just said your fear has to just really become your your friend in some way your misunderstood friend is what i always Mm -hmm. say about fear that kind of jumps into the question that i have about i wanted to pull this out from your bio because i really liked how you put this you said um you help women to find the fire and flow in their life and their business. What does that mean to you when you say that, the fire and the flow? Yeah, so that's a great question. And actually, I think it relates back a lot to self-care. So it's perfect to talk about on this podcast. But I really am a strong believer in balance and sustainability in our lives and business. And I think one great way to establish this is through um, – creating and fueling that fire, that passionate fire that we all have, that drive, that ambition, and match that with this ease and flow um, of living our lives. So it's matching, because sometimes when you get so excited about an idea or a project that, and we all know that feeling where you like can't sleep at night, like you're just so excited, and I hope you've all felt this feeling before. If you haven't, chase your bliss and you'll find it. Um, but I think in order to create sustainability in that, we have to create flow by creating spaciousness in our schedule, routines and rituals, self-care, um, mindset. So basically a huge part of what I do is to help women to lay the internal and external foundation to creating a successful and sustainable business. And so a big part of that is figuring out how to balance that fire and flow that you're feeling in your business and in your daily life. Mm, well said. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I, that's probably something that I feel the absolute strongest about because that's the thing that's made the biggest difference um, from my first business to this business. My first business was a social media agency and I did that for about three years and that first year was a huge struggle um, I totally overestimated or underestimated how difficult entrepreneurship would be um, but I ended up creating a successful business doing that but I just felt so unfulfilled and there was so much fire in that there was so much doing and not enough being And so once I switched over to full-time mindset business coaching, I really discovered that perfect balance of living my life, really savoring my life, while also getting excited about my business, which is Taylor Lou Coaching is my business now. Mm -hmm. So it's absolutely probably my favorite thing to teach people. Yes, and I I really see it as... I think there's a parallel there. I would say the fire is like that that divine masculine energy and then the mm-hmm. flow is like the balance of the divine feminine energy. Yes, 100%. It's the doing and the being, the masculine and the feminine, the yang and the yin. There's so many different names for it. And it's really cool because if you look back into Eastern philosophy or some of the ancient teachings – they're talking about these same things with different words. Mm-hmm. So it's really nice to see kind of a resurgence of this terminology and this ideology in our culture today. I agree. That's one of my favorite um, 
kind of like paradoxes in life is that you can be I always I've said it on this podcast a million times so if you guys listen to this all the time I'm sorry you're gonna hear it again but the paradox of being that like soft and fierce and having both I am such a firm believer that as women that is where the secret sauce lies is both you know like really honoring both I think naturally as women, I think, granted, it has been suppressed, the, the more feminine energy. But if we can really learn, I think, to lead from that space, but still honor the fire inside as well, that that's just, that is it. That is, that is feminine leadership. That is living from your center. That is living from your truth. So I'm totally... I'm totally on board with you with that one. Yeah, and it's so funny, too, because I'm actually looking down um, at my vision board right now that I created probably a year ago at this point. And in the middle, I have one giant picture. It happens to be Reese Witherspoon. She's looking, like, very soft and very feminine. And then I put a giant image next to her. Uh, I forgot what her name is, but it's just, like, this very fierce-looking woman with like this short, like more severe haircut, piercing eyes, like a really chic outfit. So that's kind of my constant reminder of, you know, blending those two. And I actually think that I more naturally lead from the masculine. Mm. And so I have to really be intentional about creating that flow and softness in my life. And it's funny because I get clients who are both sides of the coin. Some people are more naturally feminine um, and a little more, sometimes a little more soft-spoken, a little more, I'd even venture to say, like more ruled by their emotions. And then some people who are so structured, so rigid, so masculine, that it's fun to have both of those things in my life. Because from a bird's eye perspective, it's really easy to see, but for yourself, it's harder to to see that. Mm -hmm. I think I... For a long time, felt like I was operating from that more masculine energy. I look back and I'm like, yep, I definitely was. I think for me, I guess in my experience, it was that's where I felt like that felt really natural to me to be in that space. And as I kind of have sifted through things, I've realized that's not my natural state. Mm-hmm. It's kind of become, it was a conditioned quote-unquote natural state is is how from my personal experience sifting through all of the shit that got put really upon me and was conditioned I thought it was my natural yeah it's like I thought that was my natural state like I'm a doer I'm a go-getter and I think that I am but I at the same time think that that the masculine energy still I don't actually think it's my natural state I think I thought it was and I'm learning Uh, I think it actually might be more of the feminine um, energy to lead. I just, and it's just been a couple years now, probably just like you, of learning how can I lead from that feminine space and that that looks and feels different than leading from the masculine space. It's, It's so different than what we are, like you said, programmed or conditioned to do in society I was just having this conversation yesterday with someone as well and his wife works in a very 
patriarchal, structured, masculine energy environment. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, I don't know how she does it. I don't know. Like, I literally would feel so suffocated. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think, too, along with the programming, it's like we're programmed to believe that we have to be masculine in order to get things done and in order to have people respect us. Mm -hmm. And I think the powerful piece of the feminine really lies in the vulnerability. And I'm sure you're familiar with Brene Brown's work. I'm sure you Mm -hmm. love her as much as I do. But um, that was the piece I think was really missing is that I thought in order to be a leader, I had to appear like I had everything together and I was perfect and I always had all the answers. And where the real power of leadership um, begins is stepping into this vulnerability and being able to share with the people in your life, even the people that you lead, um, that you do also struggle with things because they, they know that already. So that acknowledgement and willing to show yourself, show yourself to them in a new way, that's where like the bond and even the bond between client and coach, I really think that's where that begins in a really powerful Mm -hmm. way. So that, and I just, oh, I still struggle with getting vulnerable. It's, it's tough. I mean, it's really emotional. Yeah. Being vulnerable is being really brave. Yes. It's courage. It's so courageous. And I think, you know, a lot of men that I know, not all men, definitely not all men, but a lot of men I know that's their biggest struggle and they don't even know how to be vulnerable with their friends which I feel like as women, we're naturally a little bit better at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like all this pent up um, emotional baggage that we're just keeping to ourselves and having to carry the burden all on our own. And it's just not healthy. Like it's not even physically healthy for your body to do that. Yeah, I agree. I think it is easier for women um, because of how women naturally come together and like they congregate, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what we do. Yeah, I I definitely can like look to my partner and I can see that for him, he only has maybe two friends he can really look to to actually have more of a deeper conversation and all of the other friends he can't have that with. They just mm-hmm. won't, they will not hold the space for him to do that because it's just not, that's just not their, how the relationship is. You know? Yeah, and that goes back to programming too. You know, we are all programmed, especially gender specific, to act in certain ways. And it, I mean, it's hard to break out of that because it feels so uncomfortable because you're almost going against the grain of society by doing that. Sure, sure. So you said that you said, you know, having vulnerability between a coach and a client is really important. I kind of want to go into that and talk a little bit about the coaching world. Mm-hmm. A lot of women um, that I know, a lot of ambitious women I know, are interested in coaching in either um, – a lot of them are very interested, I think, in becoming a coach. I hear that a lot from the women I, that I know, that they feel like they, they, they could do it, but they don't know how. Um, I want to know, like, how did this, this path – of, you know, you were running a social media agency and then you transitioned to mindset and business coaching. What did that path look like to get there for you? 
Yeah. So something I love about coaching is that there are so many paths to success. Like you can completely create your own way of doing this. And for me, my path looked like, um, it actually happened very quickly. I transitioned to coaching in February of this year. And it was really in December, January, where I felt to, I started feeling like I needed to take a step in some direction in my social media agency. And I didn't know what direction that was, but I ended up meeting a bunch of amazing people at a conference. I met a, a few coaches there, and um, one of them had a program that basically taught you how to become a coach. And so I enrolled in that program. Um, and that was really life changing for me because I was just introduced to this concept of what a group program looks like, what coaching looks like and how powerful those things can be in people's lives. Cause I mean, really that, that decision to invest in that course has 100% changed the course of my life in a very positive way. So I finished up with that. And then uh, my coach helped me to develop my own um, full, I, I think I started at six weeks. So I started a six-week program. And um, I basically just started hanging up my shingle as a coach. I started posting content on social media. I started being very vocal about what I was doing. Um, I took multiple trainings. Um about coaching and I ended up getting six women enrolled in that first class and it was really exciting and really nerve-wracking and I was like creating all the content for the course as I was going um and they knew that it was it was a beta round so I had offered it at a, very much a discount to what it is now um but after doing that beta course I really like it blew all my expectations out of the water the women were like their lives were transformed from it. Um, all of them are like running successful businesses now. Like it was really it just went above and, above and beyond anything that I could have expected beforehand. Mm -hmm. um, and it really I gained confidence in my ability as a coach and as a facilitator. And so after that, I developed the program out into twelve weeks. And I have eight women going through that now. Um, and I also have one-on-one -on -one clients and um, a lot of big things on the horizon for 2018. Mm. So that was kind of like my quick and dirty rise in coaching. Um, but it's been such a whirlwind, amazing experience. Um, I've generated over $35,000 in revenue in my, six, in my first six months. Um, so it, yeah, it's been amazing. I hired on, I have like multiple coaches at this point. I'm getting six certifications in March. Like it's just been crazy. Wow. In the best of ways. That's amazing. That's, I love hearing those stories. I love it. Yes. Like yeah. success, like follow what feels right and good and true. And it, it happens. Yeah, it happens and it makes sense because there were, I have, I'm the type of person who has a lot of different passions, a lot of different interests. Like I loved, in college, I loved uh, geology and evolution and psychology um, and, and acting and performing and all these different things. And 
in this business, they're all coming together in such an interesting and dynamic way. Like, I feel like I'm using all of my gifts towards this one big dream, this one big goal. So it's, and I think everyone who's like multi-passionate in that way, you get to a point where you just don't know how this is going to work out. You don't know how this, these puzzle pieces are going to come together, but one day it just clicked for me and I'm getting to study all of the things that I love the most. And so it just feels so good to be in that space and, and learning all of the mindset piece. I've been studying that for a couple years now and implementing that into this business has made everything so much easier. Um, I totally believe in working smarter, not harder when you really, you know, add that ease and flow and work on yourself and prioritize yourself, even in business, things just start flowing to you. Like it's insane. Like my business is mostly referral based and social media. Like I didn't even get my website up and running until like a few weeks ago. Wow. <laughs> like, I love no it. Joke. Like I decided to just approach this completely differently than I did my first business. My first business, I was obsessed with the business cards, the website, email lists, like all this stuff that really doesn't directly translate into clients or money in your business. And because of that, the first six months of that business, I didn't make any money at all. No money. And in this business, I've like taken time from like playing in my day and like long morning routines, like an hour, an hour and a half long. Um, really prioritizing myself and prioritizing the things in my business that actually are converting and that actually matter. So I've really narrowed down um, what those things are. And those are the things that I do. The other stuff, I and some things I'm working on slowly, and it's more of a long-term plan. But for now, like I know it's working in my business to generate uh, money and to generate clients and to just continue to build my brand and I've just blocked out all the rest of the things that, that people think that they should be doing in business because there are so many different options you can take so many different paths like you can you can build your business in a million different ways you just need to figure out what works for you okay so I have two questions to call, to pull out of there yes when you said um about having women um, that you or yourself, multi-passionate. Mm-hmm. Me too. I've talked about that on the podcast. I know a lot of women in my tribe, in the JD tribe here, that have said, I have, I have a lot of ambitions. I have a lot of things that I really am passionate about. I love yoga. I want to have a podcast someday. I think I want to be a coach. I want to lead retreats. Like all of these really big, beautiful goals and – like you said, I've been there before too. Holy shit. Like, I don't know how am I, where do I go? Where do I focus? So I want to kind of hear your interpretation of what did you do or what do you, you, with your female solopreneurs, how do you guide them if they're feeling very pulled in many different directions? Yeah, so this is a hard one because I remember when I graduated from college, I had no clue what I was going to do. And so 
I ended up just choosing a few different paths. I ended up choosing um, the social media agency, and I also started pursuing um, acting and modeling. And so those were kind of the two places that I decided to focus my energy. And then I kept up my other hobbies as just things that I enjoyed. And I made sure that I was always making time for the things that made me the happiest. And so um, I think like the biggest advice I would have for someone who is super multi-passionate is that you can do all the things you love, but I would first choose a couple paths to really focus your energy professionally and then allowing that path to pivot and fork. So you'll start going down a path and then you'll see an opportunity where you're like, okay, um, it's time for me to go left a little bit or go right a little bit. And when you just are so in tune with your intuition, you'll know when the right time is to switch, to switch paths a little bit or to, um, to do something a little different. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that makes sense. But really, it's really, it's a matter of professionally choose a couple places to focus your energy, keep up your hobbies, keep up everything that you love, whether it's writing or painting or whatever it is. And then you'll come to a spot in the road where you might add in one of those hobbies to your professional life. And then you might carry that forward for a little bit. And then you might see an opportunity to add in another one. For instance, this is such a great example. I So right now I'm really getting to carry out the my love of business, my um, love of female empowerment and um, psychology and evolution. Um, and, and just like studying the human mind. But another huge passion of mine is singing. And so I was at this live event uh, a couple weekends ago in Austin. We were actually hosting the live event for about 80 women in Austin for our book launch. Um, And this guy got up and he did what he called like empowerment singing for the crowd. And it was one of the most powerful things I'd ever experienced. Like, I can't even really describe it, but he basically had people singing back and forth to each other, um, getting out their iPhones and singing into their, uh, like, selfie, like, I love you, I forgive you, like, all this really crazy, powerful stuff. And, like, a light switched on, and I was like, oh, my God, I can totally incorporate my singing into my coaching. And so I'm in the process now of figuring out like exactly what that looks like, whether it's live or whether it's something I do on my coaching calls. Um, But it just contributes more to bringing women together in a meaningful way and creating those deep connections. Mm. So it's like once you choose a path, you'll start to see ways to bring in and integrate your other hobbies or you might have things that just stay hobbies and that's okay because sometimes when you start, you know, creating a business or making money from your hobby, I have heard this from a lot of people, they stop loving it as much as they did before because it, it becomes, you know, business related. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's definitely my biggest advice for all of that. I like that. Just you have to focus somewhere. You have to, you have to pick a starting point. Mm-hmm. And then once you've kind of gotten that, realize that you're going to keep going on your road and your path. But as you go, like you said, you might, you're going to pivot 
naturally, maybe one way or the other or left, right, and you'll start to pull in what feels right at that given time. Okay, I can add that piece of the puzzle in. Oh, now would be a really good time to do that podcast. Like, it seems like the doors are opening. Okay, I'm actually going to do that. Oh, now feels like I could lead a retreat. I feel confident to do that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I see so, so many women I talk to get so bogged down in all of the things right now. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and I get it because I totally suffer from shiny object syndrome too, where I'm just like, that would be a great idea, and that would be a great idea, and I get so excited. But you have to prioritize. You have to focus on a couple places that you can do really well, mm-hmm. and those things will come in time. And yeah. it's great to have dreams, and it's great to have like a loose plan for your year and like what you want to accomplish or maybe two to five years, but life changes so rapidly and you change so rapidly that in six months you may not even like that idea you had, you're like not interested in it at all. Or maybe you're, you're, you've gained your confidence so much that you're like, I'm so ready to put on this retreat. I have all the tools that I need, all the support that I need. Um, and then that's the right time. So timing is everything and listening to your intuition to give you that guide of like when the right time is to do certain things Mm -hmm. actually it reminds me of the book guys um there's a really good book that I just started I just started reading it I I feel like I'm behind the curve but it's called the one thing Mm -hmm. and I'm freaking digging it I'm on only like page 30 but I was like mind blown it's so so simple so basic like choose one thing and like follow that get like you said get really good at it and like you're you know then you might come on to the next thing that becomes your new one thing like your one thing can change which I love because like you said people get so focused on what am I doing right now I want to do all the things and you can't do everything because then you are not serving the way that you could be you're not serving yourself and you're certainly not serving others to your fullest capacity so your one thing can change many times and I love that totally and like your one thing might start to absorb other things and encompass other things that make you happy Mm -hmm. so I think desires really give us a good indicator of what we want more of and what we need to be happy and fulfilled but that doesn't mean that we need to act on everything right away. Sometimes those are desires that are meant to tell us about something that's supposed to happen 10 years down the line. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just keeping, and I'm sure you've read The Desire Map by Danielle Laporte, but that's yes. actually our textbook for Dreamcatcher. And I think that's so important because it starts to help you recognize what your desires are versus what your goals are because sometimes when we're like I want to start a podcast and I want to have a retreat and I want to be a yoga teacher and really like what we desire is that leadership is that mindful community or whatever it is that we think those things are going to give us and there are different ways to get to those desires Mm -hmm. so I love that book. I think it's so foundational for every female entrepreneur and just every female, period. 
I used to be a desire map facilitator, so. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, I'll have to talk to you about that later, <laughs> I definitely considered that. Yeah, I did. I used to do it. I did it for about two years, and then I finally, like, let it go, and I pursued the journal deck kind of like full on full tilts talking about you know the one thing <laughs> yes. I, I, I I'm trying really hard this this topic is very very present for me um because I am such a serial like entrepreneur I mm-hmm. very multi-passionate so for me centering and focusing that one thing idea is like massively present for me so I totally feel for my other ladies out there that are listening to this and thinking oh dear god I just can't focus and Mm -hmm. I think the one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was from an intuitive who told me that my creativity was was really a gift and that my hyper creativity really as it is isn't something to be upset with or annoyed with or to push away she said constantly invite your creativity to the table if it's flowing to you never stop inviting it to the table because if you stop inviting it and you push it away and you say I can't do this anymore this is too much like no more ideas please it will eventually it would stop coming and then that would be awful yeah and then you'll be like oh my god it just you don't feel like yourself when you're cut off from that yeah I that's for me that's um I'm really starting to get into this um want to dig deeper into one of the divine feminine archetypes of the creatrix Mm. and I'm realizing that um I think I really lead from the creatrix um there's all these different um different obviously female archetypes and um, that's one of them is that the creatrix and I think I really fall heavy into that category it's kind of like the idea we all have these different archetypes within us but there's maybe two that really shine Mm -hmm. and I think for me it's the creatrix and so the other ladies out here who are listening to this thinking damn I think that's like my problem I'm way too hyper creative I have too many ideas I'm too passionate stopping and being like you know what it's not a problem that I'm that I have so many ideas and I'm so passionate and stopping and really realizing it's not a problem if that's your biggest problem you're pretty lucky you're pretty lucky (laughs) that's not a freaking problem like that's a beautiful thing yeah something that really helps me with that too is whenever inspiration strikes which is pretty much all the time I have a little notebook that I just write every idea I have, big or small, and it really helps to just get it out of my head, down on paper, and I might even journal about it for a little bit, just exactly like what that would look like, Um, but it doesn't mean I necessarily, I don't feel that pressure to follow through with it right away, Mm -hmm. because it's in, it's, it's set in stone, it's in my notebook, it's there when I need it. But it's not necessarily going to be the thing that I choose to focus on right now. So since this is, you know, obviously this podcast was created out of the journal deck and you're talking about journaling, do you have a journaling practice? And like, what does that really look like for you? Like you said you do it when you are writing down creative ideas. Like what is your journaling practice? What does that look like? Yeah, so journaling is something that I've kind of struggled with over the years just in terms of I'm not the type of person that can go to my journal and just like start writing about my day and like be consistent in that so what I really love is I love having journal prompts 
Um, I love having like jur- guided journal books. Um, so like the journal deck, I think that's a fabulous resource. And then practice you. Um, I don't know if you've seen that, but that's like a beautiful journal that just came out recently. And it basically has little prompts and watercolor pages that you can write on. Um, and I incorporate that as part of my morning routine. So I usually do that after my meditation. Um, and then I do some reading and just kind of like, and then I do like a general brain dump from the day of like, just like everything that's going on in my head. Mm-hmm. That's pretty <laughs> um, much why I created, honestly, a huge reason was why I created the journal deck is I, I often heard that. I don't know, like I really, I know that journaling is powerful. I've heard it a million times, but I don't, I, you know, people will say, but I get to open up my journal and I'm so blank. Like, <laughs> I don't know yeah. what to do. I don't know what to say. They're like, am I just writing a diary? Like, I don't right. really, I, what am I doing? Like, I feel like I'm 12 years old. Like, what am I doing? Like, and this is just like, dear diary, like, you know, and I, I really like to frame the journal deck as more of like, dear diary grew up. Oh, I like that. You know, it got more, it matured. And this is the, the new, the new version. This is diary, like, in the, you know, new 21st century here. Like, millennials getting into their journals. Um, I see it very different than a diary. I really do. I see journaling, like intentional journaling, in a very different light than what it means to keep a diary, which feels much more... Um, Juvenile, I guess would be the word. Yeah, and, like, maybe not even the best allocation of your time. Like, there are some days where I'm just like, well, today was pretty normal. Like, eat breakfast, and I did that. And it's like, I don't want to write about that. Like, some days I have great things to write about, and some days I don't. And so, and I think when it's in your routine, it's the easiest to stay on top of. And, I like, my coach gives me journaling topics that are very specific to things that I'm struggling with and that I think is really helpful right like you said intentional journaling versus just free flow and maybe free flow and I know free flow works for some people but it just didn't work for me mm-hmm. yeah. um, and I also have a daily greatness journal that asks me like four questions in the morning and four questions in the evening just to kind of prepare for the day and download from the day and I really like I really like those as well because just, you know, a few sentences, each question, um, nothing that's like a huge overwhelming commitment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so the last question that I want to ask you, which I ask everyone, we've come to that point. Since this is the self-care spotlight, obviously we've been talking a lot about self-care, but I want to really hone it in here and ask you, what does self-care mean to you? Yeah, so I think self-care definitely goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, like really finding the balance of fire and flow in your life um, because that's what's going to make you feel the most uh, alive but also sustainable in that way. Um, But I also think a huge piece of my self-care is really constantly evolving and growing into new iterations of my highest self. And what I mean by that is I feel like I am constantly seeking new ways to grow. So new experiences, new, like more knowledge, um, more practice of the things that um, I'm learning. So I'm just constantly ingesting information and knowledge. 
And I truly think that humans are meant to grow. Like we are programmed for growth. And when we're able to expand and grow in this way, that's where we're gonna find the most um, equilibrium and the most happiness and fulfillment. Um, because when you're stagnant and things are just mediocre and okay, that's to me, that's the worst place to be in. Maybe even worse than something that's like really negative. Um, and so I'm always seeing like podcasts are like my bread and butter. I listen to probably two to four podcasts almost every day. I am always looking for things online to learn. I'm always taking new courses, new trainings, hiring coaches. Like I'm just so hungry and thirsty for more knowledge. And I think that is just a huge piece to my daily self-care because it keeps me keeps me inspired. It keeps me motivated. It keeps me really excited about life and all the things that are possible and all the things that are present in this life. Mm. So the personal, the learning and the personal growth aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, you know, I could name off a million other things too. Like I love taking long baths. I like sure. working out, eating healthy, that kind of stuff. But I think people are pretty aware of that kind of stuff um, at this point. And sometimes people take for granted how powerful it is to raise your vibrations and raise your frequencies simply by learning. Um, And it doesn't mean going to school. It doesn't mean you have to go back to school and get your master's or have some sort of formal education. But in fact, like I'm pretty much all self-taught after college. And it's just so enriching to my life to be constantly seeking new answers Mm -hmm. and new perspectives. Right. Especially as you're essentially, you're acting, you know, you're a coach, but you also need to be a student. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And I'm even a student to my clients too, in a lot of ways, because they're able, they're teaching me, okay, what do I need to um, teach more about? What do, I, what do I need to create content around? And just helping me better understand human nature and psychology in general is so fascinating to me. And so I'm so thankful for them as much as they're thankful for me. Yeah, I loved that when I was getting in when I used to do I used to do coaching actually I did and I I loved that that back and forth relationship and kind of looking into the new year I am going to be putting a little bit of my coach hat back on again I'm um, starting uh, something that uh, is it's developing and it'll be in happening in January through the journal deck but um I've taken off the coach hat I thought that it was gone forever but I realized I can't keep that teacher hat uh I can't keep it away (laughs) yeah and what's so cool is that can look so many different unique ways like it might be a group program it might just be one-on-one coaching it might be some sort of challenge or interactive event like that's uh that's what I love about it it's just like you don't have to do it like anybody else you can completely do it your own way honestly this next year that I have mapped out is like just feels so me it is so aligned with what I care about what I believed in what I believe in and it's just created wholly by me Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I love that yeah that's beautiful okay so we've gone to the uh, point in the podcast now where we're gonna do some just fun rapid fire questions and I want you to say the first thing 
that comes to your mind. Cool? All right. Let's do it. Okay. If you had to describe self-care in one word or feeling, it would be? Magic. Mm. In terms of self-care, I could be better at? Mm. Vulnerability. Ah. Yes. Yep. My favorite form of self-care movement or exercise is? Um, Recently, I've been getting into Kangoo. So, Kangoo, Google it if you guys don't know what that is. But I think that's my favorite right now. I have no idea what the hell that is, so I'm going to have to look it up. Yeah, Google it. (laughs) Basically, you put on these crazy shoes and bounce up and down and do dance routines with it. What the hell? Okay. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, is this spelled K-I-N-G? K-A-G-O-O. Like a kangaroo. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so looking. I Guys, I'm going to put this in the show notes. <laughs> it's so much fun, guys. Like, it's hard. Like, it's intense cardio, but it is so much fun. And it just, like, really gets you into your body and makes me feel confident. And, yeah, and burns a crap ton of calories, too. Okay, I will look it up. I will put that in the show notes. <laughs> okay, if I never had to do this again, it would be? Ugh, clean. I hate cleaning. I love cleaning. Oh my god, no. You can come clean my house. <laughs> I do. I love to clean. It keeps Ugh. me, like, it makes me happy and I feel spacious and I love it. I love vacuuming. Yeah, I like the after effects, but I just don't like doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. You yeah. said you loved podcasts. Uh, can you give yes. me a favorite? Oh, um, I think right now it's Earn Your Happy. Ah, Lori Harder. Yeah, she is awesome. And then also Super Soul Conversations with Oprah. She just has really like the top of the line guests. So um, it's been fun listening to her too. But I have like millions, not millions, but a lot. Lots that I listen Okay, this is easy peasy fun one. Uh, milk chocolate, dark chocolate, or not a chocolate person? Um, probably milk chocolate. I try to like dark chocolate, but in the end, I'll always <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question for you. What was the last book that you read or currently reading? Currently reading. I think the last book was... The Power of Now, and actually, no, it wasn't. You know, the last book that I read was my own book that I co-wrote over the summer with seven women. It's called Empowered, Sexy, and Free. Oh. And um, and we all just contributed a section of the book. And, um, yeah, that's the last book that I, that I read. I, I, I forgot about that. So shameless plug. It's available on Amazon, guys. Okay, cool. Cool. I will put that in the show notes so people can yeah, check it out. Please do. Cool. All right. So we've come to the point now where this is where you can tell everybody, the listeners, where can they find you on all the social media, your website? Uh, do you have anything going on? What do you got for us? Yeah, lots going on. And I'm constantly updating my content on my social media platforms. I love communicating with people that way. So Taylor Dixon on Facebook is my name. Feel free to add me there. Or Taylor Lou, L-O-U, coaching is my Instagram handle. Um, my website is taylorloucoaching.com. 
Um, and in terms of things that I have coming up, I actually have a um, dream catcher in a day workshop coming up on January 20th, where it's kind of a um, very, very, very uh, smaller version of my larger course dream catcher. And it's a day long, a virtual day long workshop and it's just going to be so much fun. A lot of dream catcher content in there along with guest speakers and singing and meditation and um, getting to know new people. So I'm really excited about that on January 20th. And then my next round of dream catcher actually starts on February 20th. Awesome. So that's some big stuff that I have coming up and I would love to get on a call with anyone who's interested in literally anything or just learning about the coaching journey um, I coach people in all businesses, but if you specifically are interested in what we talked about today with coaching, I would be so happy to share about what that journey looks like. Wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this, Taylor. Of course. This is a blast. This is so much fun to begin my day. Yeah, I know. It's like this is – I love this podcast. <laughs> yeah, like jazz. I shamelessly love my own podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been listening to it, girl. Got some good stuff on there. Oh, yes. Thank you. I'm really proud of this baby. This is an example of what we talked about, guys. This is, I didn't plan on doing a podcast. It it happened naturally. I thought in the back of my mind, maybe one day that'll happen. And I just, it just happened as I was going about my path. There came a time when this just happened. So it goes back to what me and Taylor were just talking about. So Yeah, it just felt right. And now look what you're doing. Like, ugh, life is so cool. Yeah. The best. Crazy beautiful. <laughs> yes. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning into the first self-care spotlight episode of 2018 brought to you by the Journal Deck and the JD Self-Care Collective. Come join 40 women for sustainable self-care and living your truth this year at thejournaldeck.com forward slash self-care collective for just $15 a month. Until next time, I'm Alyssa Cousins signing off for The Journal Deck. Music by Lee Rosevere.